0: To another episode of the dogs basketball podcast here on this Thursday No and I have an off day we are coming to you guys from a newer studio we're trying to do this thing physically once again in person um, so we're trying to iron out some details with it uh, hopefully it sounds good for you guys we'll try to make it that way as such we've been doing doing it on zoom for a very long time so we're going to try to do this a little bit more often see how it works what's going on. We are here today to talk about a lot of things since the last time we talked. Yes, we do have a new commit. We have a lot of stuff that's accumulated over the last couple of days within the team. Brian's speaking a lot. We've now got the coveted workout videos, videos, some move-in stuff. Still some portal things out there. We'll dive into some of those we'll have around the valley topics, some notable, and then we'll have something that we'll end with just a small little topic. We'll try to have like a final topic each time if we can come up with one a little bit. Um, a lot to get to on this day. Uh, and, you know, it, it kicks off with something definitely notable for beyond that, you know, that we've been able to have as an advantage for us as viewers and listeners over the course of time. We'll dive into that first. Uh, I am Nick Malone joined by Noah Lurch. and Noah, like I said, a lot has happened in the last couple of days. We'll start off with that I just ended with right there about, uh, for our fandom-wise, uh, some notable news, but a lot of stuff within the team the last couple of days. It's been nice to have that refresh uh, back. one, We still have like five months to go, but it's good to see a lot of the new guys in here work.
1: Yeah, it's always good to see fresh faces coming in here and uh, seeing the day-by-day, day, the pictures of practice and uh, just seeing guys go to work. Um, seeing the new faces in in the maroon always good to see um, looking always looking into seeing who we see in the photos or the videos and who we don't see doesn't mean they're not there maybe they're working on some things but um great to see that around college basketball it is going into full swing here for the summer, getting ready to work um so always exciting time getting new guys on campus like I said and seeing them in the maroon finally
0: yeah and as we know you know football is coming up in the next couple months and we've been pushing off some things with that uh just because a whole lots of new stuff's happening with basketball we want to continue to discuss as we grew into football but basketball stuff will never stop and yes it's great to see new faces in there let's kick off this episode though talking about the GOAT, Mike Reese, As everybody recalls last week, he resigned out of nowhere. Um, and he has been on a lot of stuff, you know, interviewing, talking about, you know, the reasons why and, and things. And, you know, even the yeah, album with Harry Schrader, we, that I, that we watched earlier, and retweeted, uh, you know, reiterating some things, but saying stuff that we hadn't known up to that point with Mike and, you know, Talking to Harry today to some things, you know, that are new among, amongst, you know, the news is that he said he's resigning, that he's not retiring. And he told Harry that, you know, if you retire, that means pretty much you're never going to do it again. We've seen different instances of people retiring coming back before, but uh, he said that, you know, he, he's never going to rule out not doing it again or doing it for somebody else, he said. So we want to reiterate that it's a re- resignation more than retirement. Uh, There's an article he posted, he had his giant letter, he was on Sports Voice Saturday morning radio this past Saturday, and like I said, with Harry, um, and he kept telling everybody he was going to retire after the 21-22 season, which was shocking, uh, he said that he wasn't going to do it at 70 years old, I think he said he's 67, um, he's at peace with his decision, he's very proud of his career, and he didn't want a road tour, that's what he said on Saturday, you know, and... Mike Murphy and them on there said that he would deserve one. And he didn't want to go through all of that. He said, um, you know, and more of our memories and even who could replace Mike Reese? We'll talk about it at the end. But no, I mean, he said that he's, he's kind of just tired of the grind. We said that, you know, he could definitely continue to do it. He was under contract with Learfield and SIU. And he said he had to get some of his finances in order and uh, tell everybody. And you can get into maybe who he told and some other things that. Maybe he said throughout his letter, uh, but no, this definitely caught us off guard because for obviously more than we've been alive. Most it, and all of our SIU fandom has been revolved around Mike Reese listening to him. And even since we've been doing this podcast, the information that he's been able to give us with these interviews, and he was still doing interviews after he announced it. I mean, it's crazy. I think a little bit he doesn't want to leave or doesn't want to do it, but no, he said that. He's starting to make mistakes that he's starting to notice himself that it's it, it's time for him, even though he's got a lot left in the tank, it seems like. But, you know, this caught us off guard. And I definitely think it's one of the most headlining news because, like I said at the end, we'll get into who could replace him because Mike Reese did tons. That it almost seems like it irreplaceable in a way.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, doing what he did for 44 years for this um, university, I mean, going from what he said in this letter from doing a college world series at the age of 21 to a national championship at the age of 27, just all the three Pete in the nineties for basketball, the 2002 sweet 16 and all the runs he's seen. Um, Just an incredible career. And um, just sounds like, like you said, he wants to step back from the daily grind of um, doing everything in every sport for, for this university. And it's been a grind and he's going to be stepping back a little bit. I do think maybe we could probably see him fill in and do these interviews throughout the summer until they officially hire someone. Um, we, have, we have names that we'd like to see, but honestly, we have no idea who is realistically um, going to probably take his place.
0: Yeah, a lot comes with the job that Mike had. And he said on Saturday, too, like it pays well. It's a good opportunity. A lot of people will be lining up for the job um he said he said himself i still quote i still have a passion for doing the play-by-play but the passion for the day-to-day part of the job that matters that makes the sure play play-by-play is good has dwindled end quote and he said some stuff like you know don't be suspicious of his decision it is his decision um uh, yeah southern Learford wanted him to continue he said his health is fine he said he doesn't have another job uh nothing to be suspicious about which of course I mean, honestly especially for someone that's been doing it a long time and is up there in age, just in general, you you always beg to wonder. Some people just retire. We thought Mike was still you know near the top of his game. We hear him mess up a time or two, but it's just you know you can't be perfect on that stuff. So uh, he shouldn't beat himself over up over that. But I mean, he does baseball, basketball, and football. A lot of traveling, a lot of setup, a lot of doing stuff, and definitely can we can wear on you over time. And he's already he's already a Hall of Famer. He's already everything. I mean, he's definitely just. I mean, it's reasonable to say it's time. It's just the fact that it's, it came out of nowhere. I know we were talking about before, like, oh, you know, could it be at a time where he's unsure about the, uh, you know, the way that most of the sports are going? We, as we know, we know a lot of the status of, um, you know, all three of those sports that he covers and where it's at, and, and knowing that he still has left in the tank and he was three years off 70, which he said he didn't want to do. So it would have been at the end of his contract that perhaps, and at first we mentioned that and I didn't think that was the case, that he would just call it time no matter what. He's seen a lot of quote unquote bad times and worse times than even what could even be ahead for all those three sports in particular. Just when you get to that age, you can lit you you know, you don't want to deal with it more than you could twenty years ago, fifteen years ago when some of it was at its worst and in their own right. So I think it's more of just him not wanting to go through it anymore. I think that's what you know what we came down to. It was a beautiful letter that he wrote. People go check that out. It's all over Twitter and stuff. But knowing, in terms of who could replace the great Mike Reese, like I said, yeah, you're right. I think he will hopefully have more of these interviews because, you know, like I said, for our information's sake, it's been massive to get all this. And we'll have something. He talked with Brian about some specifics here. We'll talk about in a second. But um, a lot of the names come to mind. No. People have mentioned that people who he's done it with, whether that's Ronnie Watson of basketball, Gene Green in football, Mike Trude, who does play-by-play on ESPN Plus, could fill in. I don't know like if they want to go like the younger route, the people that are just familiar more with, with everything with it. Russ Eisenstein has always came to mind. He did a football game two seasons ago when Mike was in the Virgin Islands for basketball. He did an awesome job. He's been doing Ohio, the Ohio Bobcats, for 15 years. He interned for Mike a long time ago. And he's been showing, like, his family's alumni's as well. I just thought it was perfect. He seems like he's in a good spot. You no, know, we know Connor Onion. <laughs> he's been doing a lot of great stuff. He's not going to come back here and do it. Uh, no, you think that they could end up going, because Mike's even said, you know, all those options I said, the truth, that Gene Green's, like, could do it. It's almost like they don't have anybody waiting in the wings. They'd have to go maybe outside the box a little bit on this. But it, it's a big job. And, no, I think it should be coveted. Do you know any? Thinking of any other ideas who it could be because it seems like, yeah, you know, like right now we're really not sure
1: exactly who should fill that spot. Yeah, it's definitely something thing to want to think about. Like, if you think of the daily grind he talked about in the 44 years, it's almost like they probably need to hire guys for individual sports because you're not going to get probably a guy that is as great in all three fields yeah. like he was. So, um, Maybe they're looking like that, or maybe they do a stopgap of where they do have the Gene Greens and the Mike Trudes just all try to collaborate and get the job done until they find the perfect fit. But um, I would think they'd probably hire for individual sports at this point because uh, the daily grind is just, unless they just have some young young prodigy they think is going to be good for a good 20 years would be a great hire, but... I don't. I have no idea. But besides hiring individually, I have no idea who could do the three sports he did for as great as he was.
0: That's a great point. We did talk about how might have to hit three different people. I think Russ does for Ohio, for example. Like people do that. Like I know, uh, blanking on his name, some guy that got hired by you and I does football and basketball. So it can't happen. I think that's what they'll try to do potentially. But I mean, yeah, even Troy Reamer, who does women's basketball, is a younger guy, an option. He's done really well doing that he' probably stick with that. I'm sure they'll you know maybe do the option not i don't I don't know if they'll go from within. They probably should go uh outside the box and i I think Russ would take the job and i don't I don't know at this point I would love him to but that is what it is so we you know that'll be in due time. Mike gave him you know all summer to figure it out and probably an advanced ish kind of thing you ran it by Tom Weber and stuff so they'll figure that out yeah Mike did in total over Five, 501 football games and 1,300 basketball games. So, insane. It, it's hard to get that kind of longevity, even though you do see at the college level a lot of people that go that long. So, definitely want to start off with Mike, you know, and he'll be around. He'll be at all the games. So he's not going anywhere. He said, uh, you know, he still is from the area. Um, he can just take a step back and know that the legend of Mike Reese will forever live on and everything should be named after him and, and every. Single Facets, um, and he's done an amazing job for these 44 years. Like I said, we've grown up with him our whole lives. So shout out to Mike for being that constant, just great voice and person for SIU athletics all of this time. So like I said, it, when we see more or hear more about who could replace him potentially, because there's a lot of memories. We didn't want to dive in all the memories. He has a bunch of great calls over our lives. We'll keep in touch with everything if they find somebody that's posted. We'll be sure to talk about it.
1: Over time, yeah. Just so, real quick, sure. uh, just a couple other names to throw out there. Um, uh, this is a, a, a long shot, I think, but um, well, he's done a couple of our ESPN Plus games. But in he's in the radio down in Miami. We've talked about him before. Oh, yeah. Stone Labonowitz. I mean, I don't know if he had a, had would have any interest in something like that. Um, but another name that's been talked about is Eric Sean. He's at SEMO, he's another SIU alum. He's been the voice of SEMO athletics since two thousand. I don't know oh. if, I don't know if he would have um any interest coming back home, but that's just a couple other names to mix throw in the mix, but um just another thing on Eisenstein, his base salary is eleven thousand more than Mike Reese. So oh. I don't know if we could even hit that number. I don't know if Tim Leonard and Everybody would want a guy like that. I mean, it'd be worth it, in my opinion. But that kind of at the MAC and just the extra money they get through their programs of being the FBS football program and that kind of stuff—it's hard to be.
0: Great point. That's a good tip that you found that. Yeah, it, it would make sense that clearly Ohio could pay and more. More eleven thousand—it's definitely you can make that up and get a really good guy because. We can get Russ doing it for another 20 some years. I think he, he's not that old at all. So you're right. And even I compare it just to like Chip Carey, who worked for the Braves and now for the Cardinals, that he had family from St. Louis, but he left what the Braves had going to come to St. Louis. Like you can get people to come home no matter if they think they're in a good spot or where they're at. Like you can definitely get that in broadcasting. So that's interesting. A lot of names to keep an eye on. They're a good job on that. We'll keep an eye out for it all summer. Who could replace the great Mike? So Noah, let's get into the other big news that has happened. And you know, it only it took a couple weeks. We talked about in the last one, obviously, was Jarrett, Trey, Sheridan, and it was just a three. We knew we had a couple spots left, and no, this one came out of nowhere because you know we've been able to you know have sources and stay in touch with members of members of the team, you know, here or there throughout um, throughout the summer and all this process. And we were we were uh, told that there is a you know there's a dead period every year you and I talk about uh, you know there shouldn't be and it's understood if you're going just constant work you need to have a little bit of time and every sport seems like it has a dead period um, and that's what we were told has happened so here we are two and a half weeks it seems like later um, to what happened and no it it's not been this new addition. it's one that we've seen before and We'll talk a, a little bit about some that has come out of nowhere over the last couple of years. And that's been the case. You can have examples of, you know, I think you know, mainly they've all happened last year. And really, you know, it's it's not out of nowhere in terms of never hearing them before for most of them. The only one that qualifies for is A.J. Ferguson. We know Clarence, we saw him on, you know, in, in uh, March Madness. So we knew about him at that. Jawan, we've known for four years before he came here. And then guys like X and Cash, we saw on the threat. So we weren't really blindsided by a whole lot of stuff. But Noah, Yvonne Stulich is a guy we've played the last couple of years. And you, you'll dive into it. You know, limited action this past season and what his eligibility is. But you called me early, early, earlier in the week. It broke around, like, what, 10, in the morning about, um this new addition, and like I said, Adam Nowhere, but it's not like we haven't heard the name before, no. And it's an interesting one because we'll dive into like he has similar skill sets to a guy we've already added and stuff. And we know and this dude's got some dog in him, no. We'll dive in a little bit to Yvonne Stulich, uh, his road up to this point, your thoughts on the addition, how he can fit. Maybe we'll dive into how he fits into the rotation right away.
1: Yeah, this is a guy, like we said, when two years ago. When we made the trip down to Little Rock, um, this guy definitely, um, watching him, he stood out to me. and Just watching him, his athletic ability, he, he's got hops. Um, out of nowhere, you, he has sneaky hops, you would say. Um, but, I mean, two, two seasons ago, this is a guy that shot 44% from 30, shot 51% from the field, um, averaged eight points a game for a, a decent Little Rock team uh that beat us so this is a guy that could come in here right away this is a guy where i saw him enter the portal and it's just one of those tracking things on twitter that i do that um, i just went to his bio and i seen where brian followed him but i didn't make any big deal out of it so um because there was no proof that we had shown interest and here he is um coming off a foot injury he has a chip on the shoulder i really like this kid. 6'6 215 at 6'6 i think he's a guy that we could play a little bit bigger than we usually have and he could slide in at the 2 and we have a spot for um, maybe this last scholarship guy if we find a good 3 or um, AJ makes that next step but i think this is a two or three guard for us i mean 44% from 3 if he's going to be knocking down of this this is the kind of guy we've been looking for for a while
0: yeah and last year he was phenomenal when he you know he started half the games but 26 minutes yeah over 50% 44 from three, as you said, everything, you know, he's been a, you know, an average free throw shooter over his career. He was really good as a freshman, but his numbers went up all the way to almost eight a game last year. Yeah, we recall that game. He was dogging us. He had that energy to him. He kind of had that thing to him that he didn't like. Like he had that kind of, I don't know, kind of had that bad guy in him in that game. And I don't know if he, you know, had that over the course of the rest of the season, but. Yeah, in that three-point win, he had yeah, 15 points and did a lot of stuff in that regard. You mentioned dunks and threes, and he was a problem. And we've talked about it, because we've been in on, Little Rock's interesting. They had guys who were staying in the NBA draft, Myron Gardner, we were in on DJ Smith, who went elsewhere. Uh, they had talent, you know, they scored 75 points a game. Um, it's just the fact that they've been such, you know, even in the OVC, they missed out on the uh, conference tournament uh, there, and so they've been really down. As we know, we Kicked their butt earlier this year um, to get that revenge. But yeah, it, you know, he's, he's been on a team, like I said, of a program that hasn't been that great. But I didn't really see, though, know, if you see, like, on the websites or, you know, I've already said it right here. I apologize, of what he, what he dealt with injury wise that could have affected him only played four games. He did play against us in the home open. I think he had two points in that game. So he's played against us twice, but no, after that fourth game on November 17th, he missed time. And you've seen what the injury was. And I, again, I apologize. If you've
1: said it already. Yeah, it was a foot injury. They don't say exactly what it was. So it'd be interesting to figure out, um, exactly the injury, but obviously we've dealt with Marcus with foot injuries before. So, um, not too bad. This is a guy I really like. I mean, as a freshman, um, he played a really big – they won that during that uh, COVID year. Um, he was a freshman. They won that conference in the Sun Belt. Um, I mean, I mean, just looking at the guys he played behind, Cash Coupette was on that team. Um, everybody will know this name. Marquise Noel was that team. Yeah. Just a really good team he played on as a freshman and made a big impact. So four years at Little Rock, now coming here with experience. Two years of eligibility, which is huge, which we've seen with the guys we've already got with transfers-wise. Um, having a little bit of eligibility and really trying to rebuild this foundation of our program. We'll have some guys that will be here for a couple of years. Yeah, he's already, because they've also been
0: posting about, like, as we said, the workouts and stuff. He's already here. He's moved in. He's in the workouts already. And, uh, yeah, he does have a like, good size. So, fit with Kennard, with AJ, of like, the 6'6" caliber like right below like a Jared Hensley and Jared Hensley is one that I you watch the tape and we've said before one of to post like transfer tapes has awesome tape on like a minute and a half tape of all these guys in their career he literally has almost the exact same and their lefties ironically as well they kind of play the same way they can both hit the hit the hit the three but also just kill you in the pain and this guy does have that edge to him that we said earlier that we would love to have and you're right I mean everyone we've added so far now two or more years of eligibility um i do think we can get the most out of yovon still because again you know two years ago he was great and then he got hurt and that's just what happens you know the and that's where the chip does come uh that he's ready to show his health at what he can do like he did two seasons ago so i like to get as well as like i said they kind of know we've been looking for that position to fill and we'll see if they also fill around the position as you say like guard forward-ish for this fifth spot we'll get into Comments here, sure about Brian mentioning how, you know, what they'll feel with that. So, yeah, we're, could, yeah, he could start, he could come off the bench. It makes us deep, deeper more and more. If he's healthy with Trent, as we mentioned, the guy's coming, dealing with some injuries over the course of time and get fully healthy, what they could do for it. So, um, we'll dive in a little bit near the end about more rotations as it stands to this moment. But yeah, we do love, and you're right, follow him on Twitter. I'm sure Brian saw him the last two years and said, I like that guy. And if he's available, let's go get him. We've been able to get guys off injury coming in here. Jawan last year kind of that getting un- underlooked in the portal and you can get a guy like that. So it's interesting. So we had two years left for Javon, Javon Stulich joining the program. Like I said, already in Carbondale, which is a good sign. Now let's dive into Brian talked a little bit. He had a video interview, which has some cliches and don't have to dive into that as much, but the radio interview had a lot of tidbits, tweeted about it. No, let's dive into that now. He did mention, yeah, Stulich with the big chip off his injury that he's excited for him. Uh, no, you mentioned Sheridan Sharp, who yes, was one of the few that we haven't seen in the video and pictures they posted. It's him and Scotty that we've noticed are the only couple that are not um, there yet. You mentioned how they could have been off to the side or just not there yet. That is, that has happened as long as 95% of your team is there right now. I think that's a good sign. He said without the other scholarship they one in the field, but other two guys not there yet. I um, know here, he mentioned, you know, he then, like I said, this was the Mike interview, which was good. He said they might, uh, we'll definitely use this last scholarship. Um, but Noah, like I said, Sheridan and Scotty, maybe over time here it'll happen. Uh, we'll dive in at, at some point here about another guy we've been on who we had here this week. And you can actually just mention him if you want because it fills that spot. Uh, maybe, I don't know if we're out on him because we got Stulich. It's all depending. But then, you know, all of that leading up to that next part of that, that Brian said to Mike. Which is very interesting. He said this might be the most talented roster they've had in the four to five years now, and we'll dive in a little bit to that as to thinking about how that could be possible um, with the with the guys we've had over the over those first four years. But everything leading up to that point, you can dive into that talented roster uh, thing. He said,
1: "Yeah, I really don't really get where he's coming from. Just think about most talented wise. I mean." This team has a lot of – it's going to have a lot of depth and guys that can contribute. Um, But just thinking back a couple years, I mean, that first year's team with um, Barrett Benson and those guys, I mean, Eric McGill is those veteran guys with the two younger guys that, I mean, I don't understand where – I mean, I get with the X and Trey Miller um, being at the guards and you bring in guys from – clarence and Jarrett. then you bring yovan and you just have other guys younger guys that have we haven't seen contribute enough yet to to really believe i mean obviously he's seen it every day in person so maybe he has a better feeling than we do
0: yeah it seems like there's some unknowns clearly you know and we'll get into that at the end about maybe just the lack of star power as well that you know that you That's the thing. It's so early, you can't tell. You can practice against one another and play well, and even what Brian sees. But until you get in the games, you don't know. Yeah, there are some talented players on here. But, you know, any team that's got Marcus, Damascus, and Lance Jones on it is talented. You're right. Barrett, Eric, Barrett, and Eric, you know, even when those guys were fresh, even Cash last year added the talent with Steven at at his best. You know, just in terms of that, you know, you're getting guys from other colleges now to warrant. Maybe where that can happen, but it's still too early to tell. And you know, Sheridan, Canard, those guys are clearly talented. We I mean, know the guys, yeah, that you already mentioned that are on the team that are talented. So I mean, it, it's definitely interesting. And I don't know, yeah, why he would say that right away, but it will be a talented deep roster for sure. And he said there would be a lot of versatility on this roster. We can already pinpoint a lot of people on this team that definitely that applies to. no was some scheduling that Brian was able to get. Uh, from Mike uh, scheduling, you know, we, we know, you know, these, these three teams that we are playing, it's just which days were going to happen. Uh know you can dive into everything up to this point of the bulletins that you see of everything with the schedule, what dates for those three teams we know about potential for a lot of big time games. And then obviously for um, the, you know, MTE coming up that you said, you know, could be soon we could be hearing something. Like that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be um, probably, it's going to be the best home non-conference schedule we've had under Brian so far. Um, you're going to get SLU is set for December 2nd. They're finalizing finalizing that contract. Brian said um, we know there was a little bit of worry about their scheduling may end up kicking the kicking us off their schedule again, but um, sounds like it's going to be set for December 2nd. Oklahoma State and USI, We know one of those will be one of those will be in November, one in December. Hopefully that Oklahoma State game is maybe a weekend game, a Saturday night, so we can really get a big old crowd in there and pack the arena, having a big 12 school in there. Um, but he also talked about having having another – Mike asked him about having a Power 5 road game, and I think um, he could possibly see two of those, he said, and potentially have three Power 5 schedules this year um, on top of that MTE. Um, he said we have a couple options in the mtes from that stance um i've been looking at potential fits maybe where where we can end up um i know i know drake's in the cayman islands there's a spot open there
0: um, but
1: i don't think we'll get in the mix of where a team where there's another valley school um in that case but teams like fiu loyola marymount marshall oakland Stephen f austin utah state some pretty good mid-majors are in on in on, on that one. Um, just looking at some others. Illinois State's in the Gulf Coast Showcase with Iona, Hofstra, Long Beach State, Buffalo, Wright State, UTEP. They're looking for one more on that. Bradley's in the SoCal Challenge with Cal, Tulane, and UTEP, so that's a pretty good one they're in. Just looking at other. I think uh, maybe Vegas Championship could be potential one for us new mexico toledo uc irvine rice and pepperdine that would be a solid one but some people say it's it feels like it's too late but we got on a pretty good one last year i'd say so um if there's a couple options i know brian's going to choose the right one
0: yeah he said within the next week we could hear about that so that's something the main account will post i'm sure and we're talking about this you know either early in the off season or even Soon as the season, you know, we, this is always an interesting part. You do want to play good teams. Um, yeah, you said some of those. Yeah, the one you and I in is, is in. It's crazy. And yeah, Drake as well. I even noticed, you know, Jacksonville, talking about ones that like, ones that we could even go to potentially that are in Florida. You know, yeah, Charlotte, George Mason, UCF, um, you know, UCF's in the American, you know, nice program. They're about to have a top eight draft pick this year. And then the other. Guys, as we know that, just seeing how it's in Florida, and there's one spot left for four teams. You mentioned some of those other ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think anything that, like I said, Florida would be nice to go to, but in, that Vegas one and everything. Yeah, we're down for anything as long as there's good teams involved. That's what we want because yeah, if that's on top of, um, you know, yeah, with you know some of these games, he said yeah, we will have a road game of Power Five as well. Um, but along with, yeah, you're right. Oklahoma State needs to be on a day that we're going to get a lot of people in there and, and get some revenge on USI, who has a completely new roster now as well. Yeah, one in November, one in December for that. And then people have ironed out December 2nd for hosting SLU. Um, so those are some of the big games of the year. It is ironic, you know, if we're going to have a whole new, you know, slate of a team that we're going to have our toughest schedule in a long time. It's awesome, though, seeing got a Big 12 team coming in to Pantera Center is incredible. So it's awesome how that was able to come to fruition. Um, and we want to build, have the best team to give us a shot in that game. We talked about Oklahoma State, what they could have for the next season. We'll dive into that as it gets there to that point again. But, yeah, a lot of promising stuff there. And, again, maybe stuff we wouldn't know unless Mike Reese gave him the interview. It would just pop up on Twitter like an MTE probably will and things along the line for the schedule. So looking forward to seeing all that come to fruition. A lot of good stuff next year. Um, that the team will be able to be involved with i mentioned the video interview brian had and we mentioned the team moving in and in the gym to post a lot of pictures a lot of workouts everything we've said um Manoa, we can just quickly breeze through this just noticing how they hired a This was back on may 23rd tana research named executive deputy athletic director over development for saluki athletics 35 years of experience coming from um Columbus State and Georgia, coming from Georgia State, Central Florida, Illinois State, and Drake. A lot of success in that regard. Matt Kupeck said, quote, Tyrese has been successful across the landscape of collegiate athletics, and his expertise is going to give Slick Athletics a leg up on the competition. End quote. So, yeah, a lot of um, experience for this guy. This kind of came out of nowhere as well, someone to be there for Tim Leonard and help. Kind of you We know Matt Kupeck has gave the reins to Tim, but he's been around a lot. So maybe this – I mean, we know Matt has dealt with – um, a lot of different things. So you could have three guys there. You could have someone that's filling in for Matt over time here. Um, research they quote, I look forward to joining the team at SIU and helping to advance and build upon the rich history of success for which the Smokies are widely known and co-bringing as family here. There's a lot of experience, a guy to be there for Tim Leonard. Um, so that's notable. That happened around May. Want to dive into that, uh, shortly but surely. Um, no, I noticed we'll get into these guys before we get into some moments just to put an absolute bow on last season. Marcus and Lance, we've noticed. Um, ironically, on both their Twitter, stuff that they never had when they were here, and I understand they're at Illinois pretty respectively. Um They're tagging the team in their posts, they're posting more of their profile pictures, or, um, you know, them in those uniforms. So they're loving where they're at. And we know Illinois got a lot of great news. Both teams got a lot of great news of returnees from the NBA draft, uh, Waters. Zach Eady is back for Purdue, the reigning player of the year. Lance is excited about, rightfully so, and Marcus getting Noah Terrence Shannon Jr. and Colin Hawkins back, and that'll cut in a little bit to what Marcus, was, I'm sure expecting from himself, but no, I think he's, he's excited because that gives Illinois the best chance to win if those guys are there. Cause I'm not sure how good they would have been without him. Marcus would have had a big role. And now we're thinking maybe Marcus could have a, uh, um, you know, not a limited role. He could potentially start still. Who knows? But, you know, more than what or less than what maybe he could have got quit that those guys weren't there. No, it seems like those two were ready to go. And, you know, Lance was in Mackey Arena recently. That those guys are full speed ahead for it looks like two of the top Big Ten teams going into the next year getting some big guys returning.
1: Yeah, definitely exciting to see. Both programs are um, probably going to be the two favorites. Um, in the Big Ten, there's a couple others in the mix as well, but um, definitely thinking that Marcus being in Illinois, um, hopefully looking probably looking for a starting spot and Lance finding a role at Purdue. We know they have some real pretty good young guards they had last year, but being a veteran um, on that team and helping that team, yeah, Edie being back is huge for them. So it's going to be exciting. Um, we know we said it before, but – wherever the games are scheduled at, Illinois or Purdue, they're going to have to leave some tickets for some SIU fans. So definitely being looked forward to finding when and where that game is at, or maybe they do play twice and have two opportunities to go to watch those two battle it out. Yeah. And I'll just would love to see how they fill out on those teams and how they
0: uh, are into the mix. Um, now, Noah, just speaking of like I said, putting kind of a bow on last season, because the team posted about, Great highlights. Which one were the favorite moments for the fans? Posted a whole lot of, you know, the ones that we know about, you know, AJ's alley oop, Marcus's game winner, a lot of hustle plays. One particular that was on there that definitely was huge was in the UIC game. That was a game we knew we had to win to cement the three seed that Dalton dove on the floor, found short for the end when a lot of things that went right in that game, a lot of stuff made the list. I know I just made a, a list on our thing. Just to remember. You know, even thinking of some that they left off. You know, we, we know Troy's, that was on the three against Missouri State, was huge. Marcus's game winner, Oklahoma State, seems like number one. Um, and I mentioned X's clutch jumper at Missouri State that wasn't on there. And know there was a comment from Jeff, who we know, you know, commented others that left off, which was Marcus's three, to beat Drake at home earlier in the season. Um, you know, if we were to – I just made a top three. If you were to come up with a couple of your top – favorite moments from the season I mean, these are highlights but i think moments that will remember most from the team stick out most because they did seem like they forgot a, a couple that you know ring true of ones that remember from last season okay.
1: yeah most definitely i mean I, I when i think of the top moments obviously there's a lot of good dunks that happened uh, you got those there's three from scotty um but the one you put on our threat or on our tweet about exits clutch pull up jumper to the little step back at Missouri State to seal seal that win was a huge one. Um, I really like that one. Obviously the the Marcus three at Oklahoma State getting that kind of win is definitely up there. Um, then I like the AJ dunk. I mean, seeing that over and over again is just incredible. There's a lot of others that probably forgetting about can't think at the moment, but a lot of things happened there's some great memories there um seeing them live in person a lot of them is pretty cool you can think of like when we lost to Bradley, like the final sequence
0: when they found clarence for the dunk before that thing happened on the other end Jawan's dunk was awesome that gave indiana state their first conference loss um there were a lot of moments in there yeah they left off x's jump shot and then marcus's drake three which were massive Plays in this game that led to us being the three seed. A lot of those, some of those wins don't happen clearly. Uh, or even sweeping a Missouri state that mattered in tiebreakers over over time. A lot of that stuff that, you know, could have factored in at the end of the season mattered. So there's a lot of big moments. And uh, like I said, yeah, some they missed out on. Some people had to remind us of a couple. Uh, so, yeah, good to reminisce a little bit on some of those as to why we had the season that we did in some of the moments. So, no, let's, let's go through the portal a little bit. All the guys we've, we've kind of missed out on. And then um, you, we can get around the valley a little bit, some notable stuff. But Noah, dive into because I mentioned we have one spot left, uh, and they've been interested in a certain guy that's come from a decent school that they had on just last weekend, and we haven't seen him post anything really yet uh, himself. We saw someone else kind of post a little bit stuff about it. But Noah, a notable, notable player in terms of kind of where he's coming from, who he's played. Um, kind of thing that's, that sticks out a little bit. Maybe we're still in on him. He's you'll know, dive into some visits. And maybe he's, he's still having, but we'd like to see we have a decent chance for, for this guy that visited just last weekend.
1: Yeah, RJ McGee, um, originally from Chicago, 6'5 guard, coming from Tulane. Um, he averaged four points on 50% shooting, three rebounds as a junior this past season. Had a season-high 17 against Wichita in the AAC tournament. Um, he started some games for them. He's kind of a start some games, role player other games, but this is a guy that's also visited Fairfield, Southern, Mercer, and he's also visiting, um, as we speak, UMBC um, right now. So this is a guy that we saw the Dog Pound tweet about him, um, showing that they had some pictures. He had to make some he – He like you said, he, he had to make a post himself, but hopefully – I'd say in the next week or so, he'll make a decision after this visit. So this is a guy that could fill that that three spot, maybe um, come in play play right next to Stulich and Hensley, and be a good fit for us. This is a, he can shoot the three a little bit, but this is more of a kind of a bulkier Marcus Damas type, just post up kind of guy um, can finish around the rim. Yeah, he got an
0: interesting interesting skill set. Um, he was good at the start of the season against UMBC, a team he's visiting. I'm sure, they wanted him in because they saw what he did against them. Yeah, he came off the bench and kind of did the dirty work. He had good games against Memphis. Uh, you know, I, I think this is, this is an interesting one. And yeah, either he wouldn't post him on his Instagram or what the interest is now that Stuart is here, we'll find out. Yeah, after he takes all of his visits. Uh, but he does have an interesting skill set, one that could help us in a lot of facets, I think have run four points in the last three years of his career, but a couple of years left. One of those guys that fit that mobile. Keep an eye out for RJ. Um, you know, I'll just run through these and we'll get around the valley. All the guys that we've been in on. Interesting, or the one that we've, you know, for over a month now been interested in. Thought we were going to get him. As we know, Langston Wilson did officially go to Milwaukee. Um, that was just a big old fiasco of everything that happened with that. But what happened we mentioned you know he wanted more nil stuff that maybe it was a reason why he didn't come here um, we'll see how he does there and see if we ended up missing out big time on him what did we say 80 percent chance that we're going to get him that ended up not turning out great noah james graham who we would have loved to have and we were told of, you know giving our two cents of how much we would like him we were told that he wasn't on the radar which we were thinking how could they be interested in him if he wasn't on the radar, which that was a big old weird thing as well. He's headed to Buffalo. Good fit for, for him, I think. Uh, Kevon Boyle's one I could just let uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago yesterday, went to Marshall. The Anthony Tipler was another weird one. His trend five list, according to Tobias Bass of the Athletic, ended up going to UT Rio Grande Valley um, out of nowhere. A team that wasn't even on his final list. Interesting. Uh Nick Krause with the Southern Miss. I liked him from the get-go Oregon State guy. And Parker Brown, who we just saw his brother tear up the NBA finals last night. Uh, he's headed to Kansas where Christian was was from. Uh, probably a little interest on Parker from us. We know the big situation. He's headed to Kansas as well. So those are all the ones recently that have landed elsewhere since we last talked. I don't know. You can dive in a lot of things that have happened around the Valley. A lot of teams have added people, some interesting stuff, a notable return inside the Valley because we'll get to that final topic of star power because there's a lot around the league that we're going to need to catch up on. You uh, know, you can dive in everything that's happened since we last talked.
1: Yeah. A lot of teams have their roster sets, but there's been several that um, have added a couple since we last talked. Um, Drake, they added... Carlos Rosario, a six-seven forward from Washington State, um, that'll be a guy with some eligibility, like they like to add. They added Kyron Gibson, a JUCO point guard. They're adding point guard depth because we know Roman Penn gone. They have him and Anton right now. So um, they've done a really good job. They've added another freshman as well, and Patrick Bates, a six-nine kid from Minnesota. Um, guy they can develop and be really good. So DeVries still doing work. Um, they're probably looking to add maybe a couple more in the portal. But they're not going anywhere, guys. So they'll still be a threat. Um, then Valpo, they're still looking to add a lot to their roster. But um, they got a guy out of our backyard, Isaiah Stafford, um, a point guard from Johnny Logan. Going to be really good for them. Jackson Edwards from Missouri State. Barely played as a freshman, but he's gonna he's gonna make the trip back home in the the state of Indiana and play for Valpo. Um we talked about olal Ajabor last time, the Central Michigan guy, he's going to Valpo, Luol Manyang, um a big man, six ten from Hofstra. He committed to Roger Powell. Then several other freshmen they got and Jahari Williamson, um a six one point guard, Giannis Bamba. Cooper Schweiger, then um, pretty interesting that Roger Powell's already done work going back to his hometown of Peoria and getting 2024 shooting guard 6'3", Justice McNair. Really like his game. Reminds me of a Javon Freeman-Liberty type game. So um, very athletic and score the ball very well. So crazy to think Roger Powell already got a 2024 guy. Very, very good connection, I'd say, with that kid already. Yeah, and it was
0: it was only a matter of time that Roger, just from where he's been, what he's done, you know, he's going to Illinois. You know, he's his Illinois ties. are going to be playing them this season, and the Champagne MTE. Uh, it was always known that he was probably going to fill out a roster, you know, and he was hired late ish, but you knew there's a lot of guys still to go. And you're right, he's getting all different classes now. Uh, he's getting guys to buy in, and they'll be. It's interesting to think how they'll be this this upcoming season. They've added a lot of talented and athletic guys, but even in the future, he'll, he'll, he'll be building a, probably a, just a big rejuvenation for Valpo. we noticed how they're getting, everyone's been complaining about their gymnasium. They're getting new, you know, new floor in there and a lot of renovations inside there. So the Roger Powell effect is taking place there. No, I did not notice where you get into who's back around the valley, one of the best players. Um, I just saw Dennis Gates hire Matt Loddick as an assistant at, at Mizzou, we know Kyle Smith-Peters is there as well as far as we're still, I thought that was his job per se. We'll see. Matt Loddick was an interesting name. We said, oh, yeah, that could be our assistant. Ended up being Jarrett's, of course. And, you know, of all people to hire Matt Loddick. We knew he was going to be an assistant. Of course, he goes to Dennis Gates in Mizzou, who should have another good season um, this year. So that was interesting. Loddick can recruit, so it'll help Dennis as well in that regard over time. And you mentioned them racking up the commits. No, there's a big-time return for an interesting team next year that will happen. He tested the waters, and now he is back in Murray, Kentucky.
1: Yep, that is going to be one Rob Perry. Um, fairly, this would probably be the case, him making that return to Murray, um, going through the draft process and all that stuff. But that's a big-time, big-time return for them. I mean, this is a guy that's potential first team, um, maybe – Maybe one of the few that could challenge Tucker for another for a player of the year, um, but that's big time for them. They still have, a, they have an interesting roster, but having a guy like that to lead the way is a pretty good one.
0: No doubt. We know they still have Brian Moore, Jacoby Wood. So their star power of their guard will be there once again, which was their strength of their team. And they filled out a lot of stuff of their roster we've talked about before. We'll be talking more about it when the season gets – Close and Noah, some other stuff here. We notice because it's a guy, it's a it's a recruit that we've been talking about a lot about. Where the heck is our offer for this kid? But Noah, I mean, a lot of valley or a couple valley teams are offering him left and right, and we've talked about how it's unbelievable the connections Jack has to Brian and has to people that are within our, you know, even. To Mike Mullen, you know, to everybody that we know is within, you know, the Mullins family and just everything, where they're from Jack Stanton, again a Drake and Illinois State offer, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, as we know, because allowing, you know, arrival in Illinois State to go there, like in state thing, and Drake, the powerhouse that they've continued to build, if he goes there, it's interesting. You no, know, like we said, he's 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 getting offered by Stanford. It's like you can't turn that down along the way, but know it's it's tough to see that you know him getting offered from these, and there's still none for us because we'd be damned if he goes to Drake.
1: I mean, yeah, I just it's kind of really so confusing why we haven't offered him. I mean, he's visited twice here. Um, they've had to like what? I mean, he sold me on his his IHSA playoff or playoff run. I mean, getting getting into those tournaments and winning some of the games. Um, finishing the year strong, he's had a really good strong spring um for um, breakaway basketball one of the good AAU programs so just I just don't get what why we've yet to offer him I know in in the past we have been sometimes slower on offering guys waiting to see if anybody in the conference offers a kid but this is a kid I would have probably been his first offer to be able to sell him, but you see the offer getting now um it's going to be hard to get this kid. You can't be so late to the party. It looks
0: like he's been, he's been waiting for an SIU offer this whole time. I and mean, it looks like he's, yeah, he's not going to get it. Um, he's a list of all the interesting 2024 guys we've been in on. We'll see what happens with Jack over time. Dallas Roberts is a name we've been tied to for a while. He said at the Indiana Tech, I noticed a couple, couple weeks ago, I think it was. So he's off the radar. And then Noah, we'll get to our final topic. Let's talk about Ben Shepherd, a guy who was an incredible player his whole career at Belmont. Definitely the last year in the Valley. Um, it looks like where it stands now, he's going to be a first round draft pick. He, you know, they had the combine. He was putting up twenty points in those games. He's a heck of an athlete. He's been testing well. I'm sure he's been working out for all these teams now as the draft gets closer. It's on the twenty second. So what is that in two weeks from today? So I mean, know it, It's it's cool to see that. You know, even well, teams like Belmont produces NBA talent, it seems like, and Ben is one of the most interesting ones. Like I said, no, he's worked his way to being a first-round pick with all the tools that he's got, and that'll be cool to see. We'll, we'll, we'll love to follow. Heck, one of our teams, or just thinking about teams that are in the first round could even land a talent like this. No, it seems like that's where he's going to go. and It's incredible to see, because he is one heck of a
1: talent. Absolutely. I think this is a kid that, if he finds the right place, he'll be a very good impact player, um, right away with his his ability to score but his also defense and um, his he just makes the right play I mean watching him in some of those um, combine scrimmage games this is just a kid that looks like he belongs out there and this is where where he could fit um, just looking at potentials. Where he could end up, I think uh, Atlanta would be a good fit. Um, it looks like uh, the Warriors were going to work him out. I think your Miami Heat could be a good spot for him. Golden, um, I mean, any of those fits would be really nice. I think any of those guys could use a player like that. Um, just a guy that's going to come in and make the right play, do what he's supposed to do, know his role. Um, but also, if you need him to take over, he can.
0: Yeah, three and D, ultimate, what we've seen you right. the Heat. I think we'll keep an eye out on him at that 18th pick. Um, all the stuff that he could do. It's going to be awesome to see him in the NBA. Because we talked about, we've seen AJ Green. Those are only two recent value players that are going to get the ultimate chance as it stands. Now we talk about our guys in the G League. But guys will be playing in NBA minutes. Ben Shepard will be next in line for that. We'll, we'll talk about him over the course of the summer later on after we know where he ends up at the end of the month. And uh, that'll segue into our final topic here about star power. Because we talked about all the guys that were from the first or second team in the Valley last year either transferred, moving on, most of them transferred. And oh, that's unbelievable unless we can think of our two top guys, Rink Mass going to Nebraska, Ben Cricky going to Iowa, Jace Carter going to Texas AM, um, I mean you name it, and then you got Ben Shepherd going to the NBA, a lot of more people, and there's some returnees, and that's what I'll go to here is thinking of the star power and what's needed in the league. Because you see all the other, I mean there have been teams like even you and I last year who were underwhelmed, they were young, they have a Bowen born. You know, so even if you have star power, it depends about if your team's young, the mix of everything you have in that regard. That it clearly it matters. And that's you know, I'll segue into star power for us and who that could be, because if you have Tucker who could be a unanimous player of the year pick next year. All depending there's guys I like know Bowen Bourne, Donovan Clay, people that are returning Rob Perry now is returning there would be a lot you can almost fill out a first team already with returnees. Uh, but no that, that's going to be the case with us. We lost our two best players. Who on earth could be our best player next year and this fifth spot we have isn't going to be just a huge star power kind of guy. It's got to be someone that currently is on the team as it stands. You no, know, if you have a full team, you know the start of, of good players. And then you can end up scoping out who your best player potentially is. Maybe you wouldn't need as much star power, If you get guys that can just get the job done full out. We'll end up having a best player, but no, diving into what, who that could be for us in particular, who could lead the way for us, knowing that we haven't had, this will be the first year we haven't had like surefire star power in a while of who that could be for this team, uh, to come out and, you know, obviously help us compete to the highest level next year. Who who do you think?
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting because um, if you just look at this last in the in the Mullins era, I mean, our struggle has been obviously you have that star power and there's two top guys, but who's behind that? Because um, if you just look at, I'm just going back to last year real quick, looking at the, just the scoring breakdown, you have two guys, one guy at 17, one guy at 14, but then it drops all the way down to 7 points a game. Then if you look at a team like Drake had one at, had one at 19, had one at 13, then they had 9 9 8 8 7. I think this I'm not we're not, not going to have a guy score 19 a game. I may be shocked by that. I'd be shocked by that, but it would be a guy like X. Um he's around 11 to 13 a game. Then we just it's going to be a, a team overall being so close together, having those guys around eight to nine, having several like that, then you mix in. So if you have, I think it's going to be X would probably potentially be our leading scorer here, around thirteen a game, but it's not going to be a big gap like we've seen these last couple of years. So you'll have the team overall be a more hopefully better scoring team because you're not seeing guys um, being force fed the ball every possession.
0: Great point, and that's that's even Marcus. He could have scored 20 a game. He left so much on the board. His volume is, like we said, if anyone else got that, they would have scored over 20 a game. And Marcus missed a lot of easy ones this past year. And you're right, I think X for sure. And it seems like a season where we do have, quote-unquote, this talented roster that we've had in a while, that X is going to have to be, you know, even like, obviously he'll have the ball in his hands at all times, that he's going to have to distribute even more because he had more rebounds and assists per game this past year. We're going to need his assists to go up a lot. And that's when someone like Trey Miller, who is our point guard of the future, of how if he slides into the two-guard spot, we've seen you know some college runs that he's posted on his Twitter. His family's really active on Twitter itself. But Trey looks really talented. I'm thinking Trey could be up there for our leading score as well, depending. We know Jarrett has it in him. Um, you know, just for his skill set wise, even though in his college career it hasn't really been there, but now that he's at this level, who knows? Clarence. And that's just hoping for a jump with all these guys. Clarence stretching the forest a little bit more or being even more great in the paint. He's going to, I mean, Marcus found him so much in the paint. Guys are going to have to find him a lot more. I mean, a healthy Scotty. He gets, you know, the run that we know he can get. He could give us eight to 10 points a game. So it's just like, it's kind of projecting how it could go. Um, if you're losing forty-six percent of your scoring, like the top two guys last year, we've mentioned sacrificing defense for offense. Troy, I mean, he's improved every single year. We can go through this all the time. healthy Trent Brown with his threes, um, and what like you know, Stewart can give us scoring wise now, and then Kennard and Sheridan if they get minutes per se just in general, like just what it can be as a as a group, as a group thing, and it's tough to see if you could score more. Then you did, like, like, hopefully you can, obviously, just knowing who we lost and how it can be replaced. AJ and X-Step, all these guys that we know about. It is interesting to see who that top guy, I mean, X was an all-defensive player. He's on a lot of scouting reports of the main thing. I think X will be our best player this year. so so is returning it's X, Clarence, and then hopefully you can get it from Trey and Jared. I think those could be our top four guys. Like we said, Healthy, Scotty can put up big numbers for us, and we're hoping AJ can do that for us as well. Um so that'll be just be a tease of a topic of things we'll continue to talk about if we add a fifth guy once we do more conversations about how the team could look. Like we said, they're working out, they're getting the gist, everything, everyone around the valley as we've noticed. I look like Dalton and Brandon Lee are the first ones there from Illinois State. So slowly but surely guys are getting into their getting moved in and getting works at workouts, because obviously this is what matters through the summer is the chemistry for next year, especially when you have a lot of new faces that's very very important and we should get an open house update of when that could happen sometime this month who knows we'll be looking forward to that Uh, but we'll have more of these conversations of what the rotation everything could look like as the summer goes on no final thoughts?
1: yeah definitely going to be interesting this next couple weeks see what see what they do with this final spot um maybe it is rj mcgee maybe sometime next week getting him here as soon as possible Of whoever it is, so gonna be interesting to see if they fill that spot or um, they rolled over the 2024 class. But um, exciting time of the year, seeing guys get on campus and get to work because there's a lot of work to do. Getting filling out where this team is, where these guys like to play with each other. So gonna be interesting. Next month or so, we'll probably come to you as soon as we get the next commit if we do.
0: Yeah, and even, you know, over the time, gradually what the news could be. We mentioned the MTE in the next week. And, yeah, hopefully, maybe if it's RJ McGee, it'll happen soon. If not, it'll it's a little bit surely, but they want to get guys in here to get workouts. And we're seeing that chemistry unfold. The guys are already in here. We saw Jaren Howard on the floor working with the guys as well. So everybody's here. Just need to add that one more piece, and the guys will be set for summer. So a good episode talking about the legacy of Mike Reese. Everything up to this point, and the new Saluki, Javon Stulich. So we'll come to you guys, as Noah said, within the next month. After news breaks, over time here, uh, try to do this more and more. Summer we will, we'll at some point, get to football. We'll always continue to have basketball
1: updates as time goes on here. So, Fornick Malone. No lurch. Until next time, as always, stay tuned and go dogs.